What if it did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if it did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work? All righty, another big episode of What If It Did Work. And I got to say, this, this is, you're, you're like, to me, you're the man, the myth, the legend. You're no. myself, but, but more importantly, man, I want you to introduce yourself because you're a, a jack of all trades and you're master of them all, in my opinion, man. You're a guy that I gravitate towards. You're a guy that, to me, you're, a, you're just one pivot away in my book to becoming a legendary status. But go ahead, brother. I definitely appreciate that. If I was two shades lighter, I'd probably be blushing. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got that. Say, hey, don't worry, man. I've got that. Whenever I, I can't blush either, so I, I think it's like <laughs> you know, it's more than two shades because I'm, I'm like three shades. So you're probably like you know, a couple here and there. Hey, but, we're, uh, we're naturally tanned. I, you and I, we never have to go to a tanning bed. <laughs> that enough said. Blessing, blessing. And obviously we love living in Florida. But uh, Omar, thank you so much, obviously, for the introduction. And I appreciate you as, as well. You know, when you came and were able to speak at our office, definitely meant a lot and immediately gravitated to you just off the 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 name and title and question of the book, because that's really the premise of my whole book. You know what I mean? The second you mentioned, like, what if it could work? That's it. That's the hope. That's that's everything. And so for myself, I'm an author, I'm an artist. Uh, I'm a motivational speaker, do some modeling, do some acting, um, you know, and, and again, like you said, it's not about being a jack of all trades, but the fact that I, I know that I've taken the time to properly master these things um, and now get these things across the line where I'm getting, you know, paid professionally and taken care of because they can go from hobbies or they can stay hobbies the rest of their life. But I really have put the time in. So I'm grateful to be able to share this platform. And thank you for having me on. Dude, the pleasure is all mine and all that. And I know one of the titles of your book, though. 24 and divorced. And let me tell you, man, more power to you. I, I knew at 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, I didn't have my shit together. I'm right. I'm 48 and I'm divorced. So <laughs> I, I, I I can join the club and I guess I was never, nothing wrong with that, man. But, right, right. but, but you know, uh, the, the, the subtitle to that is, is uh, from tragedy to triumph, you know? And I think that's the big thing in life is the fact that, like, there's no question that you're going to get knocked down. You know what I mean? What you choose to do with the wind when it blows your way is completely up to you. Either you can cry and shake your fist at the sky, or you can say, hey, listen, I'm going to create a sail and I'm going to use this to, to propel me, you know? So I think that's a part of being forever fearless and just being able to ask the proper questions. Now, at what age did you get married then? I got married at like 23, you know, crazy enough. Um, but, you know, if... Don't want to give the whole book away, but there were some uh, some real crazy circumstances that just don't happen in regular people's lives, which is why it's a long story, which is why a story was written. Hey, but you know what? You you went on that path. When I, I got divorced and all that, people yeah. were shocked because, you know, I, I'm not one to air my laundry, not on Instagram, not on Facebook. I don't send faxes out and all that. It just happened. And yep. then it wasn't until they saw me dating with other people. Well, not, right. there's not other people, only women, because that's, yeah. that's the way I go. And it's like, oh, well, we didn't see you like suffer. 
on social media. And it's like, why would, why would I want to throw out negative energy? Why would I want to like, like throw dirt on my, at the end of the day, she, she'll always be the mother of my two daughters. And you know, that's the way that, that society is. It's like, okay, let, let's thrive on other people's hurt. Let's other, let's, you know, thrive on their misery and all that. And at the end of the day, dude, it's, it's life, man. Whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, people get divorced and it, it, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing against with the other person. You know, sometimes we just grow apart. Sometimes it was never meant to be, you know, but, but from that tragedy, you wrote a book that can actually help people. And that's, that's why we gravitate towards each other because it's about being in service. You could have written a book a fictional book about any topic because you know everybody right. loves living in fiction. Everybody loves to live in their fantasy. But right, you right. chose you you chose a path to write your books about propelling a message about picking people up because yeah, yep. dude, it, uh, three plus years and I'm, I, it took a, it was a long process. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And funny enough, again, it was 24 and in divorce. Someone just asked me, like, are you still 24? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm 35. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, again, eight years. it's been 11 years for me right now. And I'm still picking pieces of shrapnel out of my heart. Right. And so, um, you know, Forever Fearless covers everything for, for me and for a lot of other people. And part of that is even building the strength to love again, because that's scary. You know, to reinvest your whole life with someone again, knowing that there's the reality that it can all fall apart again is, is a scary thing, right? And that's why I wrote this book is to be able to 24 and divorce to encourage people to be able to have the faith to want to, you know, make that leap again. Because love is a beautiful thing um, and it can be magical, but it's not magic. It does take work, right? And so I just want to be able to give people the proper tools to be able to, you know, make the proper leap if they choose to do that, you know? so. Well, it's hard work either getting a divorce or staying married. But a lot of times, a lot of people throw in the towel because they've, they've watched the episodes of some rom-com. They saw the Hallmark movie, the Lifetime movie. They see all this. It's delusions of grandeur because, one, there's no time where everybody's hot. Yeah. You know, the bad guy's hot. Both uh, the, the guy, the, everybody's hot. Everybody in the town's hot. You know. And they, boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back. They live happily ever after, roll credits. And, you know, people want that. But I've, from every successful marriage, I've, I've asked, hey, no, everybody laughs because it's not like that. It, it wasn't like that for year one for me. It wasn't like that year 18. But, you know, all these people want something that's that's fiction. Because at the end of the day, whether you writing a book, you writing an album and all that. It, yeah. It's all about doing the work. And that's something that people don't understand. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's like people ask, how long does it take to write a book? I don't know how long it's going to take anybody to write a book, but it right. does require work. It's not like sure. you just wake up one day and you're, you're Stephen King, you know, it was Stephen King. It took a process from him to get to who, he was until, you know, he was established and was selling books left and right. Absolutely. You, you know, and, and that even goes back to one of the chapters in my book, uh, Forever Fearless, where it's called Excellent Execution, right? Even the fact that we're able to use this te- technology, that means that somebody executed. You know, the whole purpose of Forever Fearless is to turn dreamers into doers, 
because there's way too many people that talk, right? And uh, funny enough, next week we'll be going to a Tony Robbins event, you know, with the team. Um, but last time I was there, it was like two Februarys ago, and uh, Sarah Blakely, who you know, who just sold her business for another billion dollars, right? But at the time, she was worth one point two billion dollars. Keep in mind. Her, her invention's pretty simple. It was the fact that she took pantyhose and pretty much cut the leggings off them. And she said, you know, I'm worth $1.2 billion right now. What I really find funny is that when I fly around the world, women always run up to me and they say, oh, hey, I had that idea first. I was already cutting off the legs of my pantyhose. And she's like, yeah, it's funny, but I executed. Exactly. And you're going to laugh. I remember sleeping through college and there was an art appreciation class that I had to take one of those bullshit, you know, requirements and modern art, you know, a blank canvas, or there's just an X on the canvas. And I remember telling the, the art professor, I'm like, dude, anybody could have done that. I could have done that. You could have done that. And he said the same thing. He's like, but you didn't. And no one else did. That person had the courage to do it. And that's, that's why it's up there. And that's why it's on display. And that, right. that's it. And that word right there is the key word of everything is courage is meaning being able to take action even when fear is present. Right. And so I want people to understand there's never going to be a time in your life where fear doesn't exist. And so the only thing you can do is that when the bull comes is, is, is grab it and, and, and learn how to, you know, maneuver it. You know, what, even when I was fighting in the military, I was a smaller guy. I was 155, sometimes fighting guys who are 283. The drill sergeant's like, let them charge at you and use their own momentum against them. Fear is going to come no matter what. And so at this point, you know, I, I just invite fear to, to all my all my gatherings. I'm going to go talk to this girl. You might as well come. Hey, I'm going to go speak over here. But let's come to get on this podcast right now. I haven't been on a podcast in over a year. The nerves started building up. And I'm like, you know what? Hey, I'm going to do it regardless. Right. So it's just being able to push past the fear. Well, Musa, it's always fear, man. Fear, fear held me back for so many years until I finally started asking that question. What if it did work? Because at what? the end of the day, you know, if a chick said no to me on a date now or whenever, it's like her loss. Her yeah. loss, plain and simple. But, you know, yeah. 16, 17, 8, oh, my gosh. You know, the whole world's going to find out. The whole world finds out now what? It's her loss. And yeah. do I do I have fear? Not not in that, but like, dude, I still have fear speaking. I, I had fear right before talking to your office. I, I'll have fear in two days when I'm at that, um, the Matt Buchanan conference speaking on stage. It doesn't matter. It'll never leave you. I always get it. And then I I just have to change my state right before. And I have to say, I had the confidence. God gave me the ability and God wanted me to spread my message. And that yep. right there, I get in the zone and, you know, but yeah, I, dude, I, I, I was fearful driving all the way to see you guys when I spoke to your office. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, what if they think I suck? What if they think I'm a dick? What if they think I'm phony? What if this and that? And I had that one girl that you guys fired, like literally right after giving me like the, the hate eyes like the whole time while, while you're like, yeah, yeah. Good message. And everybody I'm focused on the one woman that's just like looking at me, like, you know, I'm speaking in Yiddish or I'm speaking in tongues and she's looking at me like, who the hell is this guy? But yeah. I, I pressed on and you know what? Not everybody's your customer. Not everybody. 
it did, no loss. Everybody else thought it was great. So enough, you know, and that's what holds people back is if you have 200 people in the room and one or two, per, two people think you suck, who cares? You can't sell. Not everybody's going to buy an Apple computer. Not, not everybody's going to buy from me. Not everybody's going to buy our books, but you know what? Yeah. As long as we find enough people that believe in us, as long as we find enough people that are like raving fans and that's it, but people are too fearful and they want to be loved and be loved by everybody. And it's not possible. That's not real. You know what I mean? And so even like you said, even if you speak to a crowd of thousands of people and only two people don't like you, I would even say the reverse. Even if only one person likes you, my job's done. You know what I mean? Like yesterday, yeah, you're right. I like that that way of thinking. Like it's like if one person, if this touch one person, and everyone else else hates me, my my mission was accomplished. Yesterday, I got a message from a guy, you know, who was in the past suicidal. He was in the military. Came out, you know, having problems with this girl. Things just falling apart all, all over in his life. I spoke to him maybe about a week before the book came out. He read the book. Uh, he's only in chapter three, and he wrote me yesterday, and he said, "Hey, man, honestly." He's like, I got to tell you, he's like, my headaches have gone. I, I took that part that you spoke about with speaking positive affirmation over yourself out loud. He's like, my headaches have gone away. He's like, remember, I was you know, having this issue with blood with the doctors. He's like, literally, I don't feel that anymore. Just just little things like that. So honestly, now that I already have that a week in, if everybody else in the world and all the critics and all my stars went down on Amazon and everyone's like, this book sucks, don't take it off. It, it doesn't matter. I already touched somebody. I already won. Exactly. And, and it took me a little while because there was one person that literally bought my book, created a fake account. So yeah. they could just like blast me and say, it's fake. I'm bullshit. Uh, I, I, and it's like, this person never even grew up with me. How would they know if I had this fear? If I had this fear of rejection? If I, if I thought I sucked and I was unworthy in junior high and high school? It's like at the end of the day, and you know, people are telling me, and you're right. In fact, you know, I, I remember going every time I've ever gone to a UPW and all that, you'll see like at the end of the day or whatever, there's a few books placed out that a person's like, hey, you know what? This Anthony Robbins guy, he was cool and shallow how, but in person, it sucks. I don't want to do the incantations. I don't want to jump around. I don't want to get in the peak state. And you know what? Not everybody's. But but clearly, you know, a whole arena and there's only a few books and so be it, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and once people get in, once people come to terms with that, I think that you live such a happier and most peaceful, peaceful life. Right. You know, there's, there's, a, there's another chapter in the book called They, you know, where they told me this and they said that and they said I had to buy this watch and they said I had to drive this car and they said, no, 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 no. What, what do you actually genuinely like? Because if I'm going off what they say, they is the media, they is marketing, they want me to buy this, which means that I might not, if I have to get enough money to get five Rolls Royces to be happy, guess what? That might mean, oh, wait, so I'm not allowed to be happy for another 10 years? Or how about screw that? How about I'm happy right now? I don't, I don't need their, their, their confirmation to make me feel better about myself. And that's where you do have to believe in yourself. Well, if you're going to laugh, I didn't realize all that until... Nine months ago, 10 months ago, uh, January of this year, I right. always had if then. And it, it wasn't Madison Avenue's fault. It wasn't the marketers. It was yeah. me. It was always like, well, maybe 
if I was with this girl, then I'll be happy. Maybe right. if I buy this car, then yep. I'll be happy. Maybe yep. if I accomplish this, maybe if I write this book, maybe if I do something, if then, but it, then it finally hit me. Happiness is an abundance. There's no scarcity. And you can do it just like that. I just decided I don't need people to fucking tell me I'm good or, hey, the cyber hugs, the kudos. As long as I wake up every day and healthy, sound mind, sound body, that's it, man. When you know, exactly. But but even though funny, funny enough there, it's so important for us to have, have a filter of fear you know, in our minds, right? In regards to like, our brains are constantly going, your brain is constantly talking. Somebody, you know, obviously we're both people of faith. We realize that faith comes by hearing, even if you're hearing yourself, right? And so the conversation that we're having with ourselves constantly are, 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 are critical or are, are vital in, to our success, right? Because whether we realize it or not, we're constantly being advertised too. So whether we think what this was our thought or not, a lot of times we're being fed these thoughts throughout our whole life. This is why so many, you know, ladies, unfortunately, are dealing with something where it's disnified, right? Where, oh, no, and this guy's going to come right after me in the rain. Where'd you get that image from? Oh, yeah, because you're watching all these, these movies when you're a kid, not knowing that you were being programmed to, to expect this. Uh, the reason why I thought I had to have a certain watch and have a certain car is because I'm watching all these commercials on TV. I'm watching these movies where the guy has his car. Then he gets the girl. Then he gets the. But but again, these are these are stories. And so just because they're stories, don't mean that they have and they might be true. They don't they don't have to be your truth. Well, it's even worse when you like me growing up here in Miami. Even though it's a working class neighborhood, it was always like, oh, you know, once you get this, once you buy that, yeah, then, then the magic happens. Then the happiness happens, and that's why you always hear people. Well, such and such killed himself, but he was a millionaire. He had hot chicks. He had this. He had bro- right brother. It's like, that's not what happiness is. Happiness comes from within, man. And and when we talk about, yeah, we, we're both believers and we're both people of faith. But to me, what's the ultimate disrespect is, yes, you believe in God. You believe in Jesus, but you don't believe in yourself. You have zero faith in yourself. And to me, it's like. Why is that? We, we're all created to, to thrive. We're all created to do whatever and to excel. Yep. So don't, don't, how hard is it to say, hey, I love myself. I believe in myself. And you know what? I'm going to prove to myself that the sky's the limit. You, you see, and, and there's so much, so much power in what you just said. Um, but, but the question in regards to why don't we believe in ourselves? Well, just think about it. I remember in eighth grade, my teacher, Miss Madden, was saying, all right, I'm about to teach you guys something. Don't go home and tell your parents. And then I'm like, now, what would you want to teach me? And then me not tell my parents. And then, <laughs> yeah, you, you read my mind. I'm like, being a parent, I'm like, hey, that, there, there's something fishy right there in that sentence. Right. And, and so for the first time in a long time, I leaned forward. and I'm like, what is she about to say? Right. Because you definitely piqued my interest at this point. And then she proceeds to tell us about evolution and how we just randomly this and how da, da, da. And long story short, it just comes down to the point where if, if evolution is a belief system, same way that creation is a belief system. And in my mind, it's to make things as simple as possible. There's only two reasons for us being here. Either one, I evolve for absolutely no reason, meaning that I have no purpose. 
And number two, I was strategically designed and, and you know, with by a proper author who has a proper plan for my life. I can see where all the insecurities can come from if you're telling me that I'm here for no reason, that I randomly just blew up and, and that I just came out of a swamp. Then what's the, well, I don't know what gifts I have inside. Or somebody strategically wove me together. My, my, my voice, my sound, my, my ability to, to, to articulate or, or sing or, or write or, 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 or fight. That, that was designed because everybody can't do that. You know, and, and so I'm able to go through life with a different type of boldness because I know that I was I was designed for this. You feel what I'm saying? Like completely, completely. Just, but, you know, that, that's why I laugh whenever somebody <coughs> sorry, that doesn't believe in, in things say, well, hey, Omar. Uh, you know, I, every, we all have atheist friends and all that. They're like, well, yeah, I see your, your spiritual leader, Pope, Fran- Pope Francis, praying with all the others to try to get rid of the corona. Like, you know, a year ago when, yeah. you know, at its peak and all that. I'm like, it doesn't work that way. It's no. like, you know, I, I'm going to die. We're all going to die. You can't just say, well, you know, your son died. Your, your, your father died. Your, that, that shows that there's no purpose in us. Yeah. And, that, and that's like the exact, to me, that's the exact opposite. We're here momentarily, but I, I know for a fact that we all have souls. You yeah. know, is it my belief? Yeah. What's it? Why? I don't understand why some people just thrive and want to disprove that. You know, I, I'm not here to say, hey, you know what? This religion's wrong or that religion's wrong. You know yeah. what? At the end of the day, every faith, including being an atheist, has to do with belief. You have yep. to have belief. That person believes that, you know, you, you wake up one day, you're, you're born, and then you, you, you tune out like, like a, a broken TV, and that's it. And that's fine. He can have that belief. She can have that belief, but I don't have that belief. Right. Well, well, well if you're really looking at it, at the end of the day, evolution is teaching that you believe that you're the highest power. Think about it, because there's, if there's no God, that means that you're the highest power. If you're acknowledging that there is some type of God or higher force, that means that I'm accountable to you. If you created me, you know what I mean? Like, if you created me, then, then I, I owe you something. You know, so this, me living an evolution life means that I can do whatever I want because it's my life. I gave myself this life. You know, it's, it's, I can do whatever with it that I want. When you realize that, man, listen, God created me. I'm here for a purpose. Like you said, you're here for a moment, like, like a flicker of light. It feels like just yesterday I was playing in the sandbox and now I'm 35. I got gray hairs in, in my beard and it just is what it is. Like this is the progression of life. And so the purpose of Forever Fearless is that you don't have the luxury to be fearful anymore. Again, even for myself, I've been speaking since I was 13 years old. That's over 20 years. I've been publicly speaking and traveling around, right? Till this day, I, I fear still tries to come and I'm just like, hey, you, yeah, come on, just I, I, I give them a front row seat everywhere I go speak. It just is what it is. You're not going anywhere. But I also, when I was 13 years old, I'm shivering. My hands are shaking. I'm, 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 I'm like stuttering. My brother's like, you, you are? I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I also realized that, man, somebody needs this message that I'm going to get out more than, more than my fear. So afterwards, rip me apart. But I got to get this message out. And that's just the mentality that I've always gone with. And I want people to adopt that. Because completely. No, completely. I mean, there, there's always usually what, what my voice that I have inside my head was created, not, not out of, 
out of people that doubted me that said, you know, I had that, you know, my junior high principal saying be a cold day in hell the day I graduated college. Congratulations. And then I had somebody that I grew up with that said, who am I to write a book? Who the hell is going to want to read the book? Who are you? Well, who am I is I'm I'm just a a guy that's overcome a lot. And I want to help. If I can help out one person, if I can help out two people, if the more people I can help and, you know, quit living in the sidelines, quit letting fear just overtake you and say, well, you know, it's not it's not for us. Or I'm sure you, you hear, oh, the lucky syndrome. Oh, you know what? That person was so lucky, especially here in South Florida. It's like lucky. They expanded their vision. They, they created something. They answered a problem. I, that, that to me is like the biggest, like, like uh, nails on a chalkboard is when somebody says that. And, and when I hear somebody telling that to their kid, it's like, man, you, you, you're, you're, you're putting poison and your son or daughter to believe that. Well, 100%. And just like you said, if you can affect one person, you know, my, my dad, the, the book is really based off my dad. Again, my dad's 82 years old. The fearless thing that he had to do was leave his village, leave everything that he knew, leave his dying mother, um, who was pushing him to go to America where he had nothing back, you know, 45 years ago, or super duper racist as a, like, a, a proper dark, uh, deep accented African man. Like, it was it was not kind times back in this you know in the seventies and in the sixties and things like that right so but 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 he knew for for better life he had to do that if he didn't come here he would be, have been able to save so many people from his village even as you see the the poster of my my book right here again you see Martin Luther King at the top Martin Luther King has never ever met me right and again him speaking out his truth and him being he, he, all those times where he had to go to jail all those times where those guys were beating him up and beating up the other uh, freedom marchers, like that, that's a fearful thing. But again, because he did what he did, that's why I'm able to have the privilege to, to work with, you know, white people or have great white friends or us to even be on, on a call right now. And he didn't know that, that he was going to affect me decades later, you know, that, that I'm benefiting from him fighting his fears. He simply could have been like, honey, I'm not going out there. They're crazy. They, they killing black people out there. We ain't going out there. We ain't doing that. Like, or, or you know what? This is such a burden inside me. I might not be here forever. And they might kill me for this. And that's a fearful thing because I got a wife and I got daughters, which he did. But I got to do it. I got to do it. You know, and, and everyone who's on here has fought their fears, you know. And so, that again, at the end of the day, my biggest thing is that your fear is going to be fearful. <laughs> that's where courage comes in. That's where you have to push past it, not for yourself, but for the people who you might affect later on. Well, it's always about you're leaving behind a legacy. And at the end of the day, you know, I, the, the only thing I know is, you know, my birth date. I don't know what my end date is. And right now I'm creating and I'm writing my legacy. Yeah. Two things. I, I want my, my daughters one day when I'm, I'm gone to say, hey, you know what? I don't care what he did or, you know, to help out others. He was just that. He was our, our father. That's yeah. the one thing. And the, the second thing is I want to show them and I want to show everybody and anybody, people that I grew up with, people that have never met me, but we'll pick up the book and all that and go, hey, you know what? If he can do it, he showed us everything and anything is possible. Because so many times, you know, we, we hear from our friends or our neighbors or even our own family members that don't believe in hope, that don't have faith. 
that, you know, crap on people's dreams and go, Hey, you know what? That that's a nice dream you have, but it's not meant to be. It's not for people like you and me. And I'm like, no, I, I, I'll, I'll never accept that. And, you know, at the end of the day, think about it. Like what you said, I would have never thought 30 years ago when I was sleeping my way through high school, that's how, how time flies that yeah. you and I would, would be talking like this two two successful authors because we're both successful authors just discussing a way that we want other people to move their needle, write their legacy and create an amazing legacy. For sure. You, you know, but like you said, it's the fact of us making the most of the time that we have right now, because guess what? I don't have yesterday anymore and, and I don't have tomorrow. So, so you, us being like, oh yeah, I'll just wait till tomorrow to write the book. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you how many nights I stayed up writing after working 12 and 14 hour days on my other business and still coming here and doing this and talking to my guys over in, uh, you know, Pakistan for certain, uh, for certain clothes orders for the, for the clothing line for the book. And then speaking to my guy over in Japan in the middle of the night as well for him to get the, the designs done for the poster and things like that over and over and over. But, but, but we had to do what we had to do. And again, we're here and I'm definitely honored to be here. But you see, you have all that energy because you're living your purpose. Right. That's why the nine to five person, that's not, he's not living his purpose. So he's, he's like saying, oh, it's hump day, man. It's Wednesday. I'm only, I'm only two days away from being checked out for the weekend. Right. And they're, they're tired, but they're barely putting in any work. You have so many side hustles and you, and you work and all that. And you still find time because it's, it's not passion, it's purpose. Because passion can be anything goofy, like, you know, watching TV can be somebody's passion. But yeah. you're living your true purpose. And that's why you, you have this, this unlimited amount of resource, which is the ability, jet fuel, to be able to go, hey, I might be a little tired, but I know I got to do this. And I got to do this right now. Yeah, no, no, for sure. You, you know, and, and like you said... There's there's a different type of energy. Like I'm, I'm the happiest I've ever been, but I'm also working the hardest that I've ever worked. But I'm happy with it, right? It just in regards to the fact that I know that people want the clothing. I know that people want the book. I know that this is touching people's lives, and it's been six years that I've been writing this book. And you know what? To hear messages like that, or hear somebody uh, write back to me. You, you mentioned how your teacher was making fun of you and how you never be anything. Again, someone if someone just looks at my story on Instagram from 24 hours ago, you'll see that a guy circled a part in the book where I talked about how I got an 800 out of a 1600 on my SAT. And then how he literally got made fun of by his teacher as well. And he, you know, left the room and was, was crying and it crushed. And this is a man, right? But at the end of the day, it's like, if we're not able to push past these things, then we're never going to see the, the true success of it. I know you had a hard time writing your book as well, right? It's a great book. But again, no one just handed it to you. All the words that are in your book, you had to write. You had to execute. We had to, uh, we had to live, live our life to write the books that we did. If my yeah. life was different, if I didn't grow up in a working class neighborhood in Miami, if, if I didn't have all those fears in me, if I didn't overcome them, that's why I, when I talk about my past, I talk about it to sell. To say, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't talk about my past because I live there or I'm a victim and yeah. all that. And, and I, I, the older you get, you'll, you'll see so many people that are closed up that are like that they hold on to all this bullshit, their story, their, and I story. said, yeah, story. 
It's his story or it's her story. But you know what? It's not my story anymore. I'll tell you this. So to get get you off your ass. But, you know, I don't want somebody to give me a cyber hug because of what some, something happened 40 years ago, 35 years ago. I'm, I, I use that as jet fuel, but I don't use it to, you know, it, it's, you know, it, it was Halloween not too long ago. Ooh, like a scary story, a sad story. No, man. It, and that's what when I, I hear people talking about their past, it's like, just leave it, man. I don't care if you had an amazing past or it sucked. It's, right. it's a lesson to be learned. And like what you said, there's no tomorrow, man. That, that's abstract too. I, how, do I, how do I know that I'll be around in a week? I don't. N- nobody knows that. There's people, today's it. Today's their day, you know? Yeah. And funny, not funny enough, but in regards to speaking about that, I'm during the time that I said I was literally in the Tony Robbins event, I'm watching Tony and I'm watching Sarah Blakely talk about her life, right? And Tony's like, you're, you're worth over a billion dollars now. You're, you're literally self-made. He's like, how do you stay motivated? And at the same moment, she's saying, well, you know, I constantly think about my mortality. We're all getting notifications that Kobe Bryant just died. Mm-hmm. Like literally the whole crowd is like, well, you know, it's blowing up all over the news. And it's like Kobe Bryant worth over $450 million. Here's the thing. For those who feel like life is so hard, like no one cares, like you're worth nothing. Again, Kobe worth $450 million. Do you think that while he was in the helicopter, if God would have said, listen, if you give me this $450 million, I'll let you live one more day. Do you think he wouldn't have taken it? Oh, in, in a heartbeat. To hold his wife one more time, to have breakfast with his kids, to walk his kids to school. And so my point in saying that is that even $450 million is not worth one of your days on this earth. Does it make sense? Like oh, completely, completely. Like, but you know what? People skew that and use it the other way. Like, you know how like Steve Jobs, he was dying and, and, and they, they love to say live live your your passion and all that. He never that, that that's just some abstract thing. You know, money cannot buy health. I don't care if you have 50 billion, if you have all the billions in the world. And, and, and again, like you said, even to, to, to heighten it up even more, like if you woke up today, you literally hit the jackpot. Because again, even if we brought it to, to Steve Jobs worth what a hundred billion dollars he was worth. And even at that point, if, if again, God came to him and said, if you give me a hundred billion, I'll let you live one more day. You think he wouldn't have given that up? So the fact that a hundred billion dollars, hundred billion could not still even buy you one more day on this planet. Every day you hit the lottery. Every day. When you go into life with that mentality, you're just like, I already won. No matter what happens today, no matter who doesn't like me, da, 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 I've already won. You're already a winner in that regard. And I, I need people to adopt that. Now, you know, um, Bob Marley's last words before he died, Ziggy Marley, his son, David Marley, was there. And he said this. And it's 100% true. Money can't buy health. <clears throat> the story. And, and it, it can't. But, you know, that's why I tell people, oh, how, how's your day and all that? And they think it's hokey, but it's so true. I'm blessed. I'm living the dream. Why am I living the dream? I woke up today. I'm healthy. I could work out. I, I can speak coherently. I've, I've got health. I've got my two daughters that are completely healthy. And yeah. I'm living in America 
capitalism 101. I can do whatever the hell I want. And if I can market it, I'm living the dream. Whatever I want. Yeah. Like, like how blessed you are. And, and that's why I would say that one of the biggest takeaways from this book is, man, just waking up and verbally giving thanks. Because you can't be you can't be in a state of gratitude and be depressed at the same time. I've dealt with depression. You know, I've dealt with suicidal thoughts. There's a chapter towards the end of the book called If You're Reading This Right Now, you know, where I remember it's all about what you're focusing on. I remember um, almost getting a major music deal over in California. Everything's great. We're spending tons of money buying houses, buying cars, lose everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, cars are getting repossessed. I'm getting evicted out of the out of the place. I've got to drive back from um, from Cali all the way back to Minnesota. That's a 32 hour drive by myself. I had to tuck everything inside. I'm going through the canyons at night and something just like hits me like, man, you got nothing to go back to. You're about to go sleep on your friend's couch. You're about like, there's like, everyone's going to see you as a failure. You, you've already pissed your parents off. You're just going to be an embarrassment to everybody and a burden on everyone. I was like, you know, those rails aren't, aren't properly, aren't properly, you know, gated. I was like, if you went fast enough, you, you can just go off and, and honestly, you go scot-free. No one would even know that you committed suicide. They'll just think that you fell asleep during behind the wheel and that it was an accident. And I'm like, thank, thank God that I didn't go through with it. But I was very, very, very close. You know, it, but, it, but it came back to what I was thinking about. Oh, everyone's going to think I'm a failure. Oh, this. Oh, who, you know, who's going to laugh at me? Because I'm thinking about they. Who is they? Exactly. We create this thing. You know, all my, and you know what? The thing is, everybody loves a redemption story. So when people fall down, you know, get the, get the hell right back up and prove everybody wrong. Show, inspire people, man. That's what I tell people whenever they hit rock bottom. We've, we've all hit rock bottom. Heck, you know, I've, I've done it more than once in my life. And, you know, lo and behold, here I am. Do I know if I'm going to hit right Back again? No, but I, that's God, the universe, that's Jesus saying, hey, we're showing you because you have the ability to get right back up. So do it one more time. And, and see, what you just said is so powerful, right? Because the way that society is, society is shaped and making things look is like they're saying it's not okay to fall. You feel what I'm saying? We're, oh, we're, yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so, so what I was saying is that, um, you know, society now is painting a picture like it's not okay to fall, you know, where our message is it's okay to fall down. It's just not okay to stay down. You know, you're going to get hit. You know, one of the people that's on this, um, that that's on this poster is Mayweather. You know, some people hate him. Some people love him. But the fact of the matter is he's been champion and has never been properly beat. But guess what? He's been hit every single fight, right? He's been punched in the face every single time for 17 years. So if you think that you're just going to go and rain all the way to the top and never get touched, that's not realistic. That's a Disney movie. This is real life and it has alternate endings. And, and a, a major factor of how your story ends is based on you and how and how well you can take a punch. Amen, brother. Amen. We've, we've all we all take we all get hit. Uh, but you have to keep on moving forward, man. And if you, yeah. if you fall down, you know, get right back up because there's going to be somebody that, that'll be there to either give you a hand or there's no. going to be a bunch of people that's going to step right on you. And it's just life. What, what are you going to do? Are you going to choose to come up 
Are you going to choose to stay down and woe is me? And maybe, you know, cry enough on social media about how you were a contender, how you were awesome one day. <laughs> but, but then again, you know, it, to go back to the book, there's a chapter called No One's Coming to Save You. No one. And people need to get that through their head because there's no one who's going to knock on your door with a big check and a bunch of balloons like, hey, we got this money for you. You know, no, no. <laughs> not to just cash out you a hundred million dollars. So that means that you actually have to make a plan, that you actually have to make the plan and then execute the plan. And that's where you transition from a dreamer to a doer because there's way too many dreamers. There's way too, when I wrote my first book, again, 24 Divorce, over six years ago, you know how many people were like, oh man, I was going to write a book too. And I was going to, okay, great, write it. And now here we are, six years later. Not, not one of them wrote a book. Well, not one of them. Well, think about it. God, Jesus, the universe gave everybody, what, three and a half months of, of free time. And all they did was watch Tiger King and watch Netflix. But, but, but that right there, right? So every day that we're alive, we have a choice and we have a chance, you know? And again, you can choose how you're going to spend. And keep in mind, spend because time is currency. That's why they pay you for your time when you're at work, because time is worth something. And to some people, it's worth more. To me, it's priceless. I don't have time to waste. I don't have that luxury. I've decided in my mind, right? Oh, let's go hang out. There. No. Hey, let's go party. And no. Like, hey, listen, uh, there'll be time for that when the time comes. Smartest thing my dad ever said is he's like, hey, listen, there will never be a lack of beautiful women on this planet. These opportunities, though, these are fleeting. And it's a realist thing. It's like, man, take the hit. Keep rolling. Make a plan, execute on it, get it done. You know, because sometimes we'll just we'll overanalyze the point where we're paralyzed and then nothing ever gets done. You know, and, and, and here, here's a real thing, right? And I'm sorry to go on this, this rant, but it's just like I'm, I'm passionate about this, right? So in the book, it starts with me talking about how I had this really unfair but beautiful advantage that when I came out of college, I was doing estate planning. Um, meaning that all my clients, I was working for a law firm, all my clients were 70 plus years old. Meaning that if I'm sitting at your kitchen table, I'm, I'm, I'm like the young Grim Reaper. I'm, I'm here to plan your death. I'm here to make sure that everything that you, you've done in your life passes on to your kids without going through probate, you know, where the government can take it and, and drain your whole estate. And so I can't tell you how many times people have cried at the kitchen table because now it's, it's finally hit them. It's like, hey, there are no redos. It's me and you at this kitchen table. Where do you want this to go? The game, the game's almost over. There's no, like, and, and over and over and over and over. Keep in mind, I'm like 22 at this time. You know, I'm a young guy. I'm like, uh, over and over. All I heard was, if I was young again, I would have, I would have taken more risk. If I was young again, I would have, I would really went for it. If I was, and you know, when you hear that one home, you're like, all right, you're that two homes when you've been in hundreds of elderly people's homes over years, hundreds, and everyone's saying this, you're like, wow, is no one happy with the way their life ended? And, and not one of those people ever said, I wish I would have played it more safe. I wish <laughs> I would more party. I wish not one of them. And again, we can go back and forth about it. 
but I have literally years of proof of it. I'm sitting down with real families at their real kitchen tables as they explain their real life to me and how they wish they could do it over. And so again, like I said, with the 24 hours that we have, we've got to maximize. You don't have the luxury to be fearful. Someone's counting on me. If Martin Luther King wasn't, you know, wasn't, wasn't fearless, we might not be speaking right now. You know, who knows what school I would have went. My whole life would be different. My whole children's life would be different based off what someone did decades ago. And so I encourage everybody to get out there and do what you know is in your heart. Stop beating it down. Stop pushing it down. Like, you know what you're supposed to do. We, we need you. You actually were made for a purpose. You are here for a purpose. You're not an accident. We, we need you. You're an answer to a problem on this earth. I'm going to solve the problem that I was here to, to do, and I need you to do yours. Amen. Amen. Now, the one thing that we haven't touched on is you are a musician, too. Yep. Now, were, were you always gifted as a singer and all that as a little boy, or is it just something that you realized very recent that you had talent, that you had skills? That, that actually came out um, of, like, again, the hardest time of my life, right? So after my divorce, there was a, there's a chapter called The Dark Side. And, you know, my whole life had been a pretty good guy, right? Never done drugs, never drank, never smoked. Um, but after the divorce, like, I was like, man, if doing everything, I say my virginity till I was married, like, if, if doing everything right got me here, I want to do everything wrong, right? So I was in a club, I was fighting, I was cracking bottles on people's heads, stealing people's girls, sleeping when I'm running through the, through the city, just causing, causing havoc. And I run into this one producer where he's like, man, you're pretty cool. He's like, but bro, you're about to end up dead. He's like, because if you keep living like this, some dude's going to realize that they can't beat you and they're just going to kill you. He's like, I've had a really hard life. I, have you ever tried to, you know, vent or just let this out through the music? And I was like, no, nah, man, I never tried that. He's like, I got a studio at the house. He's like, you know, come by. Let's, let's lay down some tracks. Let's, let's see how you feel. And ultimately that came out to be, you know, one song happened, another song. And I was like, man, this is like, this is like a different type of therapy. You know, I just felt I was able to, uh, sorry about that. Um, I was like, this is a different type of therapy. I was like, I just feel, I just feel better about myself. And so I kept doing song after song after song over a couple of years when the book finally got released, my producer was like, Hey, you should actually release an album of 24 songs along with the book 24 and divorce. And, you know, we called it wounded because those were all the songs that I made to like actually heal myself. Um, and so that's available on iTunes and Spotify and things like that under the name King Cavalli, C-A-V-A-L-L-I. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's just, it's just an incredible form of therapy to be able to get out. And, you know, throughout the years, it's been able to help so many people. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. But that's when I discovered it. Now here, I thought you were going to tell me the story that, you know, you had this God-given talent that, you sang choir that you were like the lead at, at your church that you're uh, like a Kirk no. Franklin. <laughs> right. no. Like I said, sometimes, you know, the pain, pain can be beautiful. Right. And it was those hard times that squeezed that gift out of me. You know, again, diamonds are made under pressure, you know, and oh. during that pressure and, you know, good things can come out of that if you allow it to. I, I completely agree with you, Musa. My 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 book 
was written during like a really dark period of my time. Uh, I was going through both uh, personal issues. Uh, I was going through um, business issues with my franchise that I was aligned with and all that. And it was actually, I had to rewrite the book just, just because it didn't serve me or didn't serve what other people would have wanted to read. And now I look at it and I, it's like, wow, God, Jesus, the universe all gave me that opportunity. So Mm -hmm. I, I can create a better art. I can create a better book through suffering, through this pain, instead yep. of going out and drinking and all that. Because at the time I was also doing 75 hard. So I yep. couldn't drink my I couldn't drink away. I couldn't do anything except work out, read 10 pages, and work on the book. And, and that's where, so you know, at the end of the day, I I I see it as a blessing whenever we have to go through trying times. And and that's the thing as well, because I, I talk about the two verses that saved my life, which was Jeremiah 29, 11, which says that we know this is God saying, I know that I have good plans for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope in the future. And then also Romans 8, 28, which just talks about, I know, you know, those that are called according to my purpose, that, that again, he's going to be able to take care of you in that matter. Right. So when you, when you understand that, God's on your side and that he's going to turn everything around for your good. You can go through pain with, with, with a different type of purpose. You know what I mean? Like you, you can endure so much more knowing that it's going to turn around for your good, no matter what. And, and again, when I'm going through a divorce at that time, at such a young age, I couldn't tell you what, what side was up, what was going on in my whole life with the whirlwind. But still I was just holding on to the fact that I'm like, somehow, some way you're, you're going to work this all out. And he did. But you have to trust the process. You have to believe in yourself and you have to do the work. You can't just be sitting down. Like what you said, there's nobody going to save you. So God wants you to excel, but he wants you to put in the work. He wants you to believe in yourself that you're like, I don't know where, I don't know where this tunnel, where this path leads me to, but I do know once I cross the threshold, things will be a hundred times better than what they were before. For sure. You know, and that's the thing. I think that's where like real miracles happen, right? Um, like I'm, I'm a theology major. It's like, but if you even study the Bible, it's like miracles happen when, when man was working with God. You know, we all see that picture where, you know, God's reaching out to the human hand. Uh, a lot happens when, when two are properly in agreement, right? And it's like, we always talk about either favor or luck is when preparation meets opportunity. You got to do the, the preparing. A lot of times God will bring the opportunity. You know, and, and so a hundred people could want me on their podcast to, to talk about my book. But if I never wrote, wrote a book, what, what are we about to talk about? <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? So I had to put in the work. And I think T.D. Jake said it best where he's like, work as if everything depends on you. Praise if everything depends on God. Exactly. And, and that's why, to me, fear is so small because fear is something you created in your head. But yep. if you do the work and you trust God, you trust in your own abilities, that's just a little voice inside your head, man. Just do it. Just, right. just completely do it. Everybody yep. always fears the worst. And the worst is, is bullshit. It, it never happens. 
You yep. know, if I would have asked out a bunch of girls in high school, you know what? I, I would have probably had a better high school experience. And at the end of the day, yeah, the Miami Herald would have never written about being rejected. My whole neighborhood would still be thriving or, you know, it'd still be there today. It wouldn't be like a, a sign. Hey, this Omar Madrano got rejected a bunch of times. You know, that's right. and, and, and believe it or not, no, it's just a two letter word, man. On to bigger and better things. If somebody, if somebody doesn't want to be with you, if somebody doesn't want to go out with you, somebody doesn't believe in you, somebody doesn't think that you're compelling enough. You know, yeah. what? there's millions of other women out there. There's yeah. the females out there, whatever. There's millions of other men out there. You know, you just have to, you have to believe in yourself. God, God made you to thrive. He didn't make you to suffer and go, hey, you know, my ex, my ex was right. I'm, I'm, I'm a loser. No, you're not, man. That's that's just one person's opinion. Right, right. And again, that's that's that might be their truth. Doesn't mean it has to be your truth, you know. Exactly. Uh, um, but you know, you know, in the book, I start by saying, like, man, I've been fearful so much of my life. You know, I've stayed in jobs that I didn't want because I want to fulfill this false fantasy of safety. You know, I've watched. I've, I've been in weddings where I've watched. A, a man marry the woman that I love, but but I but I didn't have have the balls to go and talk to her. This is years ago, right? It's like no, I, I'm not going to let that happen anymore. There's one of my favorite movies by Jim Carrey is called Yes Man, and where long story short, he got he was saying no to all of his friends. He didn't want to hang out. He didn't want to do this, and so his life became really miserable. Then someone put a spell on him where he had to say yes to everything, and all of a sudden his life opened up to be the most exciting incredible thing ever and he was meeting all the dopest people and going on all these incredible adventures just because he was saying yes and i want people to have the courage to say yes because like you said in one of your chapters what's the worst that can happen what's the worst that can happen let me let me say yes to this you know what i mean hey listen this girl might say no she's beautiful but man i'm telling you just the, the feeling of being alive of the adrenaline rushing of you even just saying hey listen my name's so-and-so I don't know if you have a date. I find you beautiful in the most respectful manner. You know, would you like to go out for some coffee? I'd like to get to know you better. No, that I'm okay. Hey, listen, you. I'm telling you, even that rejection feels so much better than the feeling of regret of you driving home, gripping the steering wheel, like mm, I should, I should have, I should have talked to her. Now, now, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Every, every guy, every guy. And, and you know what? Sometimes the universe, sometimes God gives you that opportunity to show you, Hey, you know what? It's not what it, it's not as pretty as what you painted to be and all yeah. that. Cause I remember I would always have like these, do these videos and all that about living with regret that I didn't ask out this girl that I grew up with, yada, yada, yada. Well, 40 years later, I got the opportunity and all that. And you know what God, the universe is like, Hey, here. And you know what? It wasn't what it was, but my mind played, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't cracked up to be the Disney story that I thought it would become the Hallmark story. So so funny. But but again, even that gives you peace. You owe it to yourself to go take those risks, right? And so on, at the very similar level, you know, um, I was roommates with this in New York City with this gorgeous international model, right? Uh, but her boyfriend was in Portugal at the time. Da, da, da. Football players, basketball players would always try and be with her. And she's just an incredible, faithful girl. I always wanted to be with her, but I'm like, you know what? Hey, listen, I'm going to respect her relationship. A couple of years later, she was no longer in that relationship. Um, and then a year later, she reaches out to me and she's like, hey, listen, 
you know, we've been friends for so long. I just like you so much. Da, da, da. Let's be together. And, you know, we, we had some incredible months together. But then at the very end, I realized that, listen, I'm sometimes God will bless you with what you want to show you that you don't really want it. Exactly. Like that's what you see. That's what I was trying to say, man. You said it perfectly. And the, yeah. and, and the story right there. Quotations. Yeah. But literally like that just hit me like a ton of bricks. The moment that I had to let her go. And I'm like, I love you. You're gorgeous. Everyone thinks I'm crazy because literally she's got billboards all over Times Square. She's on TV all the time. Literally, I was in Target the other day. Her billboards all over. the Like, absolutely gorgeous. Everyone in their logical sense is like, why would you do that? You're crazy. You're never going to meet. But when you know that you're called to something higher, it, it, it just can't be about beauty. It's got to be. It's got to be about so much more. You know, and again, great girl. God bless her. But but you just have to be able to have the bold. Even that, even that fear of letting go of somebody who's that beautiful and that established and that you know has such a high status. Because then the question is, what if you never find someone like that again? Oh no! What if that's your biggest regret? But you can't even hold on to that. That's why I think so many people are in toxic relationships because you're telling yourself a story that you can't find something better. And I promise you, just word of life is that my life has always gotten better. No matter who's left my life, I'm, I'm always replaced with somebody better. Always, always. <laughs> but it's about being in abundance. When, when that person is in that toxic relationship or yes, but he, yes, but she, it's because they're living in scarcity completely yeah. instead of being in abundance. I, there's a universe out there filled with other people that you can align with that, that have the same values that you can create an empire with, but you're, you're in such a scarcity mode that you're like, Oh my gosh, this is it. If, if I, if I don't stay in this horrible relationship, I'm going to be that cat woman, or I'm going to be that lonely dude yeah. for the rest of my life. Yeah. Just fears, the stories that you're telling yourself, you know, I know people who've been got, got married at 65, right. And been super happy. I know people who, who bounce back. And again, I mean, think about people like Sierra, you know, she left a certain a certain bad dude. And all of a sudden you're blessed with the guy who's highly respected, you know, all around the world and who takes care of you. And even though you had a son, you know, um, some people are like, Oh, well, if I, especially for the ladies, this is specifically for you right now. A lot of you are in touch relationships because you've had a kid and, you know, that man has been able to talk inside your mind and say, Oh, no one's going to love you because you got a kid and you don't even look as good as you used to. Da, da, da. I promise you there's somebody else out there. Just like that. Somebody's somebody's literally praying for you you know, to be in their life. So and the same thing for guys. Listen, you might have been dumped by your, your quote unquote dream girl. Guess what? There's other dreams, right? There's other women like every single day, millions of them. Right. So life, life goes on. That's it, man. But that, that you have to understand that, you know, at the end of the day, if that person leaves you, you know what? God has bigger plans, bigger things in store for you. And, sure. and if, if somebody's like, like planting that in your head saying, Hey, you know what? Nobody will ever want to be with you because you have one or two kids. You know what? That, that you're, you're giving your power away to someone else. Yep. Never do that. No, completely, man. That it, it's, it's amazing. Every, every time, you know, yes, there's people that love to listen to stuff. But what I take out of my podcast 
Hey, I'm I'm selfish, man. I I love talking to like-minded people. I love getting nuggets. I love talking to... Ever since I met you, you know, I I thought, you know, I I think you're a great guy. That's why, you know, I follow you on Instagram and all that. And I, I watch your stories and, you know, compelling completely, man. And, you know, I know the message that you're putting out. I, I know your books. I know Fearless, Forever Fearless is going to be a great book. It's going to be an impactful book. Now, both of these books, where do we find them? On Amazon? Yep. You can find them both on Amazon. Again, Toy Porn Divorce, as well as uh, Forever Fearless, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle. Um, the audiobooks will be coming out. And then again, even for the albums that go along with you know, each book, because again, I just want people to get a full proper experience, right? You know, like pages on a book are cool and all. But to hear music and hear emotion, hear the it's it's telling the other halves of the stories. Uh, the the album is called Wounded again under King Cavalli. You can even follow me on social media, King underscore Cavalli, which is C A V A L L I again C A V A L L I. And yeah, you know, uh, reach out. Love to be able to speak with people and uh, just you know, obviously we do coaching sessions as well because I just want to help people break through. Um, and, and become who they're supposed to be. And sometimes you need fear coaches for that. Now, here's my last question to you, man. Yeah. When I say, what if it did work? What pops up into your head? <laughs> uh, music. Because um, funny enough, for 11 years now, me and my producer, who I met 11 years ago, um, I've always believed in him. Um, I've, I've put money behind him, you know, as, as a partner and literally, literally just last week, I'm not going to say exactly the amount, but several six figures um, got put right into our, our bank account. Why? Because we stuck with it. We had, we had lost a ton. We had lost cribs. We'd lost houses. Um, and, and my parents, you know, everyone was like, this is stupid. You're putting so much money behind this. It's not even realistic. You know, the, 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 the scarcity of chances that you guys will even make it. But what if it works? Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? I wish I could see you next week. I was supposed to go to the UPW. I've oh, never done that. I'm a graduate of Tony Robbins of his mastery university and all that, but I'll I'll be out of town, but Hey, I I have to say besides God and Jesus Christ, my Lord and savior, uh, Tony Robbins has been a big instrumental part of, of who I am and all that. Uh, 20 years ago, that was the first, uh, yeah, 20, 21 years ago. That that's, that's where my journey began in personal. So have have fun with your office. I, I know Dave and Brittany and all that buy into it, but your office buys into it. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to hit them up so I can uh, visit you guys again because I love I love the energy that you guys produce out there. Please do. You did an awesome job. Obviously, you touched us, you know, which is why, again, we're, we're even speaking right now, you know, because again, the second you said that book, I was like, you got me. My mind. I was like, I was like, you already got my loyalty because again, that's just a powerful question. So thank you know, just on behalf of the world, on behalf of the future people that will come across your book as well. Thank you for writing that, you know, because it, it needed to be said, you know, what if it does work? And if that's the only question that someone ever asked himself, that that's enough to shift generations. I agree. 
you know? So I love you, brother. And, and thank you. I appreciate it. You took time out of your night that you could have been promoting, that you could have been working on another book, another project and all that. But you took an hour of your, your day to be with me. So I appreciate you and I love you. Thank you, brother. Love you, brother. Take care. I never told no one that my whole life I've been holding back. Every time I load my gun up so I can shoot for the stars. I hear a voice like, who do you think you are? Negative thoughts come to mind when I start thinking bold. Like, why you chasing dreams? Aren't you getting kind of old? I knew I needed help I had no self-confidence Didn't believe in myself I tried not to feel or listen to my intuition To start a business But before I even started I feel like it's finished You got a vision And let me say I don't care if they're your blood Got the same DNA They can't feel how you feel They can't see what you see Wanna change your life You gotta change the way you think The thoughts in your mind Is the boss of your life Nothing but good vibes Every day I'm thinking like What if it did? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if it did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work.